The Back Straight is back. All right. This is Danny Squires here from the Back Straight Podcast. I'm sitting with my co-host, Michael McKnight. How are you, Michael? I'm tired, Danny. A busy weekend. Uh, a lot of sitting in the car and a lot of standing in a muddy field. Why were you standing in a muddy field, Michael? What was going down? It was the National Cross Country in Gowran in Kilkenny. And uh, I spent most of yesterday watching the drama unfold. And it was very dramatic. Yeah, a few upsets, a few unexpected results by the looks of things. And I think we're going to be talking about that event in some detail today in the podcast. Yeah, we've got Malcolm McCausland, uh, the Irish News uh, Athletics correspondent. Uh, I had a chat with him a bit earlier just to get his take on on what happened. Um, so yeah, a lot to deep dive into. Yeah, big episode this week. So yeah, as you said, we've got that chat there with Malcolm McCoslin all about the National Cross Country Championships. Then we're going to talk about the cross country results from Comba, uh, that great event that Bally Drain Harry has put on in the Billy Neal playing fields. Got a bit of information about how our uh, Masters went over in Glasgow a couple of weekends ago. And then we're going to preview the Sealy Cup 10K, which in my opinion is probably one of the events of the year. I mean, I feel like everyone really looks forward to that. And then uh, a little bit of chat in the end. So should we just get straight to the, I guess, the main meat and bones of it? Uh, you went down to Gowran on Saturday. Is that right, Michael? That's right, Danny. So I went down with a little uh, group of athletes, uh, a few guys from Striders. There are also a few blow-ins from other clubs, Neil McCartan, Peter Cardy, and Cahar Purvis. Um, so yeah, we stayed at Maynooth in the old... Um, a priest seminary, which is, uh, it's a bit like staying in Hogwarts Castle. It's uh, <laughs> a fairly dramatic backdrop, but uh, we had good crack, actually, it has to be said. Nice one. So the, the event was down in, is is the place called Gowron or? Gowron, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's in Kilkenny? Probably, yeah, about three hours from Belfast. Okay. And uh, a really, really t- tough, uncompromising, old school cross country course. There'd been a lot of rain and the organizers, I think they mentioned on social media that people needed to stay off the course because I think they were concerned that it was going to cut up and it didn't disappoint. And by the time, certainly the uh, senior races got rolling, parts of the course were like running through through treacle or porridge. So I think it had an impact on, on the results. There were some big names who really struggled um, and some surprise performances were maybe the natural cross country runners when they got the chance, they kind of rose to the fore as it were. What would you say? Was that potentially some of the worst cross country or maybe best cross country conditions you've ever seen? Yeah, I think it was, It you know, a lot of modern cross country seems to be on quite benign surfaces, very well drained, you know, pitches or almost golf course in character. And, you know, 20, 30 years ago, this kind of course would have been, particularly in Ireland with our weather, it would have been pretty much par for the course. But because it's not, you know, the usual anymore, it just surprises people. Um, an interesting, I suppose, consideration is that uh, is this kind of course the best preparation for the Euro cross country, which sometimes can be in a very different kind of course. Now, this year, it's in Belgium. It could well be wet as well. Um, I think athletes just have to suck it up. It is what it is. And you've just got to run the conditions. I suppose there you're sort of alluding to the fact that some of the big names going into at least the, the senior men's race, you know, Dara McElhenney and um, Brian Fay, they were sort of tipped as maybe being the one too. But, you know, they came well down the list with regards to, to finishing places. So is that sort of what you mean there? It's a real level up? Yeah, I think um, as you watch the race unfold, certainly the men's senior, Brian Fay, you know, was in touch with the leading group of four for a while, but he never really got, you know, to grips with the race. He finished fifth, which is kind of where he was after half a lap. Darren McElhenney never really was in contention and I think finished ninth. Um, he looked uncomfortable. Uh but yeah, you know, Cormac Dalton, who won it, is also a very fine track runner. Um, so, you know, he, he could have made the excuse that this is not what I do, but he mastered the conditions um, and ran really, really well. Um, so, 
yeah, it's um, it's always interesting to watch those kind of races. Cross country, I think, in essence, should be a test of strength and character um, and the ability to really endure. And when it's on very benign courses, that's not always the case. I mean, I had a good chat with Matthew Lavery from North Belfast, who had a great run um, in the senior race as an under 23. And he made the, uh, I think he finished third and will make the Euro Cross under 23 team. He's an out and out cross country runner. Now, the interview was lost just uh, with a lot of people around and uh, a lot of ambient noise and wind. So, apologies to Matthew. But what he did say was really interesting. He said, I love this stuff. For me, it creates a level playing field. A lot of my training is in the Valley Park on, you know, a muddy surface. So, you know, I prepared specifically for this kind of race, for this kind of day. And he delivered. So, you know, there's an example of how you can prepare and make it work for you. 100%. How did you feel the the Northern athletes performed on the whole? And then I guess on top of that, how did you feel your athletes, Iskander and Robin, went? I think the Northern athletes, you know, in the main, with, with one exception we'll talk about, I think did pretty well. Um, North Belfast's achievement in finishing second was, was fantastic. Uh, and all of their runners delivered. Milligan was, I think, 10th, which is about where he was last year. McNally, 11th. Um, Matthew Lavery, as I said, 21st. Connell McCambridge, 30th. They packed really well. Um, Connor Bradley had a good run. Um, I think he was about 14th. We've nobody at the minute, really, who can dent that top 10 and get up in the mix. Um, so I think the guys ran well. Fanula Ross finished fourth in the ladies' race. Really good run. Robin uh, McKee, uh, one of my athletes, had a great run, made a top 20, finished 18th. Um, Nikita Burke, I think, was about 14th. Adele Monaghan, who's based in Dublin, but I think originally is from the north. I think she was ninth and part of a winning team. Um, but I think most of the success came in the uh, in the underage categories where we had some amazing performances. Anna Gardner, as we'll talk about uh, when I was chatting to Malcolm, is a really talented young athlete and she had a really impressive win. Imran McKee, really impressive win. Uh, Lagan Valley, uh, both, you know, male and female teams uh, did really, really well. Um, wins, silver medals, etc. So I think there was a lot to celebrate for, you know, um, Northern athletics uh, based on the outcomes is in, is in good health. Yeah, just touching on those those Northern athletes there as well. Uh, I think you did get a couple of interviews while you were down there in Garen. So how about I throw those into the podcast now and then we can get chatting uh, a little bit more about it after. So I'll put yeah, those absolutely. in right about now. Perfect. So we're here in Garen in Kilkenny at the Irish uh, Underage and Senior Cross Country Championships. And we've had the first Northern winner of today, I think. And Emer McKee from Willowfield. So Emer, how was that? Oh my god, it felt amazing. It was such a muddy course, but like it was phenomenal. It was great. Has that been one of the targets for the season? Um, yeah, it's always been like um, obviously for cross country, you're really working for all Ireland, so that is just it's learning me my day. And did the race go to plan? Um, I think so. Yeah, I just tried to get off fast and just just try to hold on to it. It was really muddy, but yeah. Yeah, and. So schools after Christmas will be the next big goal? Yeah, um, I love schools as well, so I'll be working towards that one. Well, look, congratulations on a fantastic Thank run. Thank you so much. So I'm here with Jim McKeown, coach at Lagan Valley. Um, Jim can confirm that the Lagan Valley under 20 men have taken the gold medal. So Jim, how does that feel? Uh, it's just um, awesome. This has been a long-term goal of mine over this past 10 years. So it, this has been 10 years in the making and uh, I'm just overwhelmed with pride, joy. Um, those guys ran their socks off today and it was just, um, as you can hear in my voice. And who was your scoring for? Uh, so my scoring for today, um, um, I had Louis Mallon in eights and then it was great packing by the lads. I had um, Stephen Lister was my next scorer in the 30s, closely followed by uh, Jack McCausland 
and my fourth scorer was Charlie Jones, our second claim from um, Bracknell SE. Okay, and this means that the guys are qualified for the European clubs? Apparently so, so we'll be off to Albufeira on the 25th or 26th of February, so um, yeah, that's immense. You well, look, well done from everybody in the back straight, and days like this make all the work worthwhile. Well, listen, um, I'm totally invested, as you know, Michael, in the sport, and um, you know, it's really just a pleasure to um, be able to celebrate it, this um, achievement with these lads today. It's amazing. Okay, well done, Jim. Thanks very much, Michael. Yeah, fantastic to hear from Ema and Jim there straight after some pretty intense races. I mean, absolutely love what Jim's doing there at Lagan Valley with the, the junior athletes, absolute superstars. And he deserves every single result that uh, he gets, Jim, as well as the all of those lads and ladies down there. So it was, yeah, great to hear. You almost sounded a bit emotional, Michael. What did you think? Yeah, I think he was. Uh, I mean, I have some sense of the work that Jim puts in. And when you bring a team home, um, you know, particularly the male under 20, those lads are at the stage where, you know, they may move on to other clubs. Uh, you know, Lagan Valley isn't sort of, its strength doesn't lie in its senior teams. So in a sense, there might be that bittersweet element that Jim's got them to this stage. I mean, I, I hope there's something there that, you know, they can hang on to and build. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of work that Jim puts in and, it doesn't always come off just in the way that it did at the weekend. So, so well done to him. Yeah. You and uh, Malcolm unpacked this a bit more, which I'll, I'll play that uh, interview after this here, but I just had two last things about the, about the cross country down there and kill Kenny. Do, do you have any more to say on what happened to Nick, Nick Griggs? Apparently he went yeah, down with about was, a K uh, to go. Malcolm and I talk a little bit about it. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Um, I think what we've got to remember, and I, I mentioned this is that, Nick is uh, an incredible talent, but he's also, we got to remember, he's 18. He's been running at a very high level for a really short time. So he's still a work in progress. He's still learning and he's going to have ups and downs. And this just was a down. Um, you know, maybe he just, you know, went too early, ran too hard. Um, and, you know, just sort of things unraveled. Uh, he obviously found the conditions uh, pretty challenging, but he may not have run in, on sort of mud like that before. He hasn't run a huge amount of cross country, let's remember. So I think we've got to give him, you know, uh, you know, a bit of a Bible on this one. And I say, put it down. He will learn its experience. You know, nobody's dead. So I think we've got to keep it in perspective. I think there's a lot of pressure on him as well, you know, so um and that burden of expectation. And sometimes we've just got to let, you know, young athletes just get on with it. And, you know, he's got a really good coach in his corner who will be looking out for his interests. You know, I was struck yesterday, um, you know, Nick was on the ground, Kirky was over. It's a tough day for the athlete, but also a tough day for the coach. And it's those moments as a coach when you kind of like really earn your corn because you've got to build the athlete back up again and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, he'll be back for sure. Yeah, it was good to see he uploaded something on Strava today. It means that he, you know, he's not potentially long-term injured. So, yeah, that that is good. Uh, you know, as, as you mentioned Andrew Milligan or Andrew McGilligan, as I like to call him. You mentioned him. I noticed he wasn't wearing his famous uh, blue shorts, which you know I didn't I didn't realize he could run that fast. He just wasn't wearing those shorts, but he still had a cracking run. So, yeah, yeah, he clearly has a second pair of shorts, which is good to know. <laughs> Or maybe he has like um, Einstein multiple pairs of uh, the same um, uh, shorts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, brilliant. Well, look, I'll um, I will put in the uh, chat that you had with Malcolm McCausland now, and yeah, just everyone out there enjoy this conversation here, and then we'll check back in for a bit of Comba cross country recap after this. So Malcolm, welcome back to the uh, the back straight. A dramatic day in Gurren yesterday, with I guess joy and heartbreak served up in equal measure. Um, I was there, and I felt that the challenge and muddy conditions contributed to what unfolded. But it made for a very intriguing spectacle. So, if we can, let's begin with the man senior. Um, so previous favourites Brian Fay and Darren McElhenney, along with Ephraim Gaday, 
seemed to really struggle in the conditions. Cormac Dalton, who's an excellent athlete, I, I thought produced a masterclass. So what was your take on it all? Well, first of all, Michael, thanks for inviting me back. Um, uh, I can't tell you how much I enjoy these chats. Um, and now to answer your question, well, Cormac Dalton won and wasn't very much a surprise because he'd run it very well at Atapuerca in Spain about three weeks ago when he finished along with the leading Spaniard of the winter, well, leaving out Mo Kattir, who's um, more of a track runner, but a bloke called Paniagua, and the two of them came in together. And then Paniagua ran very well down in the, the Italica in Seville as well. So it was, um, if you looked at the form, it was no surprise. And I think it named him as a dark horse uh, in the newspaper on Friday as well. So um, well done, Cormac Dalton, as you say, a masterclass. And for Kevin Mulcair, that was a real redemption story because you probably know more of the detail than I do, but he was a fantastic junior under 23 and then seemed to disappear with injury for a while. That's right. And I mean, it kept a great day for that Ennis track club. They seem to have people popping up all over, all over the age groups and the junior races and everything, you know. So somebody down there in Ennis is doing a great job in terms of coaching and organising that club. Absolutely, absolutely. And then the other big story for me was uh, North Belfast claiming Team Silver and actually just losing out on a, a bit of controversy, but uh, a countback. I uh, know, Michael, well, first of all, I was sitting here, I wasn't at Ingar, and I was watching the results come through, and they were named as winners, and I was ready to pop the champagne bottle, um, and I'd actually written a report based on them winning it as well, because it would have bridged a, a gap of 100 years or so since the last time North Belfast were National Men's Senior Champions, and then, of course, they had the recount, and, um, and the... The day of history was in many ways, the rug of history was uh, snatched from under their feet and it left us really thinking second. Last week would have said that was a great result, but after thinking they had won, um, I'm sure we're, there was a tinge of disappointment that ran through all of us. Yeah, I mean, I, I was so impressed by they got out really aggressively and with McNally and Andrew Milligan were always up in the you know the top 10. But mm. Matthew Lavery, who's a great junior, fantastic cross-country runner, produced a superb run. And Connell McCambridge was sensational as well. Um, you know, it's great because it's, I think, the first time in a number of years when a Northern club was challenged. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think the last Northern club to get medals was probably North Belfast as well, the year that John Ferran won in Stranorther, I think 1997 at the top of my head. They got, I think they got bronze medals that year. But, um, that, well, you see, the sad thing, Michael, is that um, Northern clubs, and your club in particular, should have won the Irish Cross Country a number of times when your dad was at the helm. But um, we seem to survive in our own little microcosm here. And um, you, I mean, it won't have gone beyond your notice that there was actually a Northern Ireland League cross-country fixture on a Sunday afternoon in Comber, you know, on the day of the National Senior Championships. Well, what, what struck me, Malcolm, um, coming back in the car last night from Gurren, um, I watched North Belfast on the podium. The place you really want to be and then I saw photographs posted from Annadale Striders of their guys on the podium at Cumber. And for me, it said something fairly profound about the relative trajectories and ambition of both clubs. Yes, absolutely. I know. I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, and I mean, I think I've mentioned, I think, the last time we spoke, but it's something that um, we have to get right here. We have to have a synchronized fixture list, both north and south. Um, where you don't have this happening because we had we had something similar happen not that long ago when um, we had a fixture on a Saturday. Oh, the Northern Ireland Road Relays with a, with a fixture on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday there was a Northern Ireland Cross Country League. You know, I mean, I mean, this is just beyond stupidity. It is nuts. And in the under twenty threes, we had Callum Morgan um, second, Matthew Lavery third. Both guys, I'm assuming now will absolutely make the uh, Euro team at under 23? Yeah, well, they will indeed, because they're guaranteed that being in the first three places. And I think that um, Athletics Ireland are bringing home a couple of under 23s from, from America uh, to boost up that team. Um, although looking at the guys they're bringing home, they didn't uh, distinguish themselves in the NCAAs on Saturday. Um, so, I, I mean, that's a, that's a very funny age group, that under 23s, because it can be strong and it can be weak. Um, 
So maybe they might get a medal in that and maybe they might not, but it's probably one of their better chances um, in Brussels in, what, three weeks' time? Absolutely. Well, look, moving on to the, the ladies' race, Fiona Everard from Bandon uh, was the winner. Was that a surprise or to form? There was a few people missing, obviously. Well, um, there was a lot of people missing, but then again, the favourite, Ada McDonald, who won the National 5000, she, um, I think she ran just over a lap and dropped out. I uh, thought decided uh, to apply her, her energies elsewhere on another date. Um, and I mean, what you're asking really after, no disrespect to her, like who's Fiona Everard? Um, I mean, she's not somebody that you and I would be talking about where we can make out in terms of... Uh... Maybe it was just someone who really thrived in the conditions. I mean, the other thing that I thought was interesting watching the race, I thought 9K in those conditions was too far. Um, I had one athlete running, Robin McKee, who had a fantastic run, top 20, but she finished in over 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I know there's the, there's the equality issue, but it seemed a strange one. I I mean I'm not I'm not in favour of it at all, and there's been a lot of adverse comment about it. Like I didn't I don't remember any of the girls asking to run nine k. You know this seems to be a qu question of uh, you're going to have equality whether you like it or not. Um, yeah. And I think it distorted the race in many ways. You know. Absolutely. Well, look, we'll move along to the the under twenties, which were run alongside the under eighteens, and it was a really interesting spectacle when you look at both races together. So we saw absolute joy for one Northern Ireland athlete in the ladies with Anna Gardner of East Down uh, finishing first, beating the under 20. She's an under 18. And that was followed by disaster striking pre-race favourite Nick Griggs in the men's. So mm -hmm. <laughs> what, did, what did you glean from all of that? Well, I mean, first of all, Anna Gardner's been a rich vein of form. We've seen that. Um, she was fifth in those Commonwealth Youth Games during the summer, which is a great result. And since she came back, um, I saw her in Stranorla when she won her age group down there a couple of weeks ago, and she was very impressive. Um, I mean, I can't say any more about her that, uh, um, you know, the girl will do well in the Europeans. But uh, even though she's uh, an under 18 and it's an under 20 race, but don't miss out on Lucy Foster as well from Willowfield. Yeah, absolutely. It was runner up in the under eighteen. Uh, in fact, that was a that was a very good um, age group for Northern girls because um, well, Russia Roberts as well was was uh, ninth uh, in the combined race. So um, you know, um, there's something to look forward to there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and for the men. Well, Nick Griggs. What can we say? You know, I mean, I, I was um, a sort of. A, was outspoken the last time we talked. I thought he was over-raced, over-trained, and just about over everything. Um, and I hope I'm wrong, but it's not a good omen that the lad collapsed with about six or 700 metres to go yesterday. And um, I hope he recovers quickly for that. I hope he does very well in the Europeans. But I still think there's a huge cloud over it. Yeah, I think, you know, the conditions were really, really tough. Um, and there were other very good athletes. I was looking at John Travers, 36th and the, the men's senior. So was this maybe a case of just Nick and the, the course just didn't really work together? Well, now, two things. First of all, when the Kenyans come to run the world cross country and, it's up, and they're up to their knees in mud, which they're not used to, they still produce results. They still go like one, two, three or whatever it happens to be on the day. So I think we're reading too much into the mud. If your endurance is good and your strength's good, it's okay. It's a bit more strenuous test than usual. But Nick Griggs in particular, now Nick Griggs is a professional running against amateurs and he should be able to cope with that going. Now, the second thing is that Brussels isn't going to be a, isn't going to be a hard course. Brussels is a very muddy park. Um, you know, so they're going to run into the same circumstances again. And possibly, um, although I don't, don't like uh, the thought of Goran Park or Goran Racecourse or Goran Fields beside the racecourse as being a venue for the National Cross Country, it might prove to be a good trial in terms of horses for courses for Brussels. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I've no doubt, I mean, Nick is a, a really great young athlete and I've no doubt he'll bounce back. And I think as well, this is also part of the learning curve. We've been in the sport for a long time and you have ups and downs and actually you probably learn more from the adversity. Mm, absolutely. You know, yeah. so yeah, so we wish him well going forward. Uh, 
picking up a wee bit Mal, on the uh, the under um, 20 team race um, I know Jim McKeown from Lagan Valley well from the track he's one of those stalwarts who works unflinchingly behind the scenes and his young man took gold yesterday the uh, girls took silver in the ladies under 18 I think they medaled again in the under 16s so fantastic achievement for Jim I mean, I'm a great admirer of the work that Jim does. Um, I was looking close up at um, both his men or his young men's and his young women's teams down in Stranorler, and they're so well turned out and they look so well conditioned and they're so well disciplined. I mean, uh, hats off to Jim's work, and I'm glad to see that uh, he's reaped some reward for all that uh, toil that um, no one, maybe or very few people recognise. And in the under-18 men's, Keelan McFadden from Cranford, I believe. He added to the title that uh, tightly won last year. Looks like one for the future. Well, I'm, I'm a big admirer of Keelan McFadden. I saw him win the 800 metres at the Tulsan Games down in Carlow. I saw him run the age groups up here. I saw him win the national championship down in Donegal where there was a huge amount of local pressure on him. Um, I'm a big fan of Keelan's. And um, uh, I think really he, of all the people in Ireland at the moment, is, is the best prospect we have. Yeah. And Finn Diver, um, Kathy Diver's son, you remember Kathy and Owen O'Neill, uh, yeah. Owen O'Neill's his uncle. Uh, Finn took a, a very creditable third. Um, he's uh, Samalaki's College by day and Beachmount <laughs> when he's off school. Uh, and just finally, under 16, um, Emer McKee, the Willowfield star that took cold, and led her team to a brilliant victory. I think they had 40 points, uh, you know, huge margin over yes. Lagan Valley, who took second. No, what, what pleased me about that race was that Emer beat Emily Bolton from Donor Harriers. And that was the first time now I've seen Emer get the better of, of, um, of Emily Bolton in a cross country race in that age group. Um, because I remember Emily taking uh, Emer apart really down in, um, down in Donegal last year. Um, so Emer's obviously improving even more and um, I could see a bright future for her although it's always a bit more problematic as you know yourself with the uh, girls how well they come through um, but but certainly she's doing Lawson Cochran seems to be doing all the right moves yeah yeah um, so looking forward then to the Eurocross uh, you seem to think that obviously Griggs will be you know be picked. I I would imagine he would also, in spite of what happened yesterday. But there looks to be a fairly solid base of northern representation. Yes, it doesn't look too bad at all, does it? Don't forget that we didn't mention Fanula Ross. Yeah, absolutely. Fourth, third so. in the women's race. Um, I, I don't think we'll have anybody in the senior men's team, will we? Um, no, we'll have, no. We'll have, it depends who they bring in. They might bring in Kira McGeehan if she wants to run it. Um, uh, the senior men, nobody, senior women's will have Fanula Ross, possibly Kira McGeehan. Uh, that junior team, uh, we should have Greg's back for that, and we have our other guys to back him up, hopefully. Um, the girls under 20, uh, that uh, well, Anna Gardner probably leading that team, even though she's young. So, and the, the under 23s, uh, we have the two guys as well, we have uh, Callum Morgan. And we have Matthew Lavery. Uh, no, so it's going to be interesting, isn't it? We're going to have a good representation there. Absolutely. And before we leave you today, the Sealy is in a couple of weeks' time, and it's shorn of some of the uh, the stronger local talent because quite a lot of the guys are going to Telford to the 10K. But I was looking at the uh, um, the field this morning, and Neil Johnston, uh, who did a strong run yesterday, I think he was about 13th. It was um, and Paul Pollock would probably be remember the two Paul, leading candidates. Paul Pollock, yeah. Yeah. Kieran Kelly is another one in the mix, but probably not as strong over 10K as those two guys. No, I, double, I mean, Kieran lives here in Derry, and I know we, from looking at, um, at the internet that he's training quite hard at the moment in terms of um, mileage. Uh, be interesting to see how he goes. Because now the interesting thing about Kieran is, is uh, he's only really days away from being a master. Wow. So um, that that's something to look out for as well. Um, but then again, I mean, Connor Bradley's a master, but we don't see him in masters competition. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a pity, you know, really. But um, no, the, the, you'll see they should be good. Um, now, there's another thing we we need to avert p 
people's attention to as well is that North Belfast have won the right, and of course Lagan Valley Junior Men have won the right to represent Ireland in the European clubs in February in Portugal. But I think if, off the top of my head, and I may be wrong on this, but I think that's the same day as the Northern Ireland Senior. Oh, so, wow. so that's going to have to move. Yeah, well, yeah, I would imagine so because uh, it would be no competition if it's a choice between no disrespect to Cardona, but Cardona against Portugal. Yeah, I think they will have to change the date because North will obviously want to defend their title. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's it's a great reward for the Lagan Valley guys and for the North guys to have something like that to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did I didn't did North win last year? Yes, they're defending champions. They won very handsomely, and I think before that, Striders. I think we had won it the year before, and there was a level of competition. Newcastle won it a year as well. Yeah, North North have pulled ahead really because they have some of the young guns coming through. Striders really have no real youth policy to speak of, so they have you know North have the Matthew Laveries. Connell McCambridge, younger runners. Mm. Um, and I think that's the challenge for clubs. If you don't have uh, young athletes coming through, you know, you only can stay on top or compete for a finite amount of time. Well, athletes a, get old and then they're gone. Yeah, I mean, clubs have to be a family, not a diaspora. Um, yeah. Not, yeah, you know, unfortunately... Our successful clubs, and I'm not getting at you in the past, have been more of a diaspora than they have been a family club. Yeah, and I and I think the I mean, and even looking at Lagan Valley, uh, I mean, one of the frustrations probably for for Jim is that you have all that fantastic youth talent and success, and yet they don't really function as a senior club in the way that they could. No, athletes that's right. tend to drift to other places. Well, it's a chicken and egg situation. You know, if all their best runners at 20 decide to join another club, they're never going to succeed, you know. But whatever, whenever it comes with this good under 20 team, if they all stick around, I mean, they can make a mark very, very rapidly in the senior ranks, especially. Um, well, I mean, they can break themselves in with the 5K championship and the road relays and maybe have the strength in a couple of years even to contest things like the Northern Ireland senior. Well, look, Mal, thanks again for joining us. It's always great to pick your brain on these things. And uh, no doubt we'll talk again at some point. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, fantastic chat there with Malcolm. Nicely done, Michael. Moving away from the south, back up north here, Billy Neal playing fields. Uh, hosted the Combert Cross Country, which is an athletics and I uh, cross-country league fixture. Reports were that it was uh, exceptionally muddy there in Comba, and there was actually a fun addition. I don't know if you saw this, Michael, but it looked like there was a little hurdle on one of the downhills that intentionally there was something put there for people to jump over. So yeah, that, I'm sure that's... the guys really, really loved that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with that was it didn't, it didn't look like it was big enough to really cause anyone any issues. It was just like a, you just step over it. They should put something yeah. a bit more substantial there. Yeah, I think if they're going to do that, I think you need to have like, I don't know, it's got to be horse race standard and then maybe like a flaming uh, tractor tire or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, guys like Cameron with the mullet would be in, under big threat there. Yeah, definitely. Um, a few results to to note. So in the women's race, 230 participants. So good amount of people there. Catherine O'Connor from East Down. She got the win. And Anya Gosling from Newcastle and District AC. She came second. And then, excuse the pronunciation if I get this wrong, but Odetta Sidlaskait from Willowfield Harriers. She came third. Male Vets race, that was Norman Mohini from Scrabo Striders. Paddy Haven from Nuri City Runners coming second. And Philip Bryans from Lagan Valley coming third. I think Paddy and Norman, they've been duking it out all season over the cross country there. Absolutely. And it's great to see um, my old mate, Brainsey. Yeah, um, get on the podium. Well done, man. Good to hear. And yeah, in tough conditions too. I mean, uh, I don't think that Gowan was the only place with mud on uh, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, the men's race. So 253 runners there. And it was actually Gary Crummy from Nuri AC who got the win from Craig McMeacham from North Down AC in second place. And then Zach Hanna, Newcastle and District AC. 
in third. And by all accounts, that men's race went off pretty quick with all three of them sort of shooting away and, you know, battling it out. Um, so yeah, well done to everyone there. The team results, uh, the Comba Cup was actually won by Annandale Striders, woo. And then the John McKee Cup was won by Northdown AC. Um, I did have a thing in here to sort of fig- try and figure out like how the how the league is looking now post this third event in the, the cross-country league. I couldn't figure it out, but the, the current st- standings after the Bobby Ray was North Belfast, Armour, AC, and then Lagan Valley in the men's. But I would say that due to the fact that uh, Armour, AC, Lagan Valley, and Annadale Striders were all tied in that sort of that they're all very close to each other, this might mean that Annadale Striders is now at the top of the league for the men's. And then in the women's, not entirely sure. It was North Belfast was coming first. Tefelta AC was second and Armour AC was third. But I honestly don't know how the win by North Down affects the league. So we'll see. I gave Athletics and I a call today just to see if they'd update it for me. But I don't know if it's, uh, you can't demand things, you know. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> well, well done to everyone in, uh, in Comba. And sort of a little bit further away from Combo, we actually, there was the British and Irish, uh, Irish Masters Cross Country International in Glasgow on the 11th of November. Uh, I obviously won't go through all of the results because this was a fairly big event with a lot of athletes from England, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, all the rest. Um, but a few sort of notable performances by the Northern Irish runners over there in the men's race, Mark Malone. He came 21st. Philip Goss, he came 26th. And Ronan Toland came 43rd. Steve Cairns came third in the men's 55 race. And then you've got Lawrence Johnson, second in the men's 65 race. Norman McQueenie was seventh. And Northern Ireland was actually third overall in the men's 65 race with Jerry O'Doherty rounding out that team of three there. So some good results there from the men. Uh, the women, they also had a, a really good showing. Northern Ireland won. The, they've actually won the women's 35 uh, race with a brilliant run by Catherine O'Connor again, Sarah McNutt from Lagan Valley, and Judith Storm. They smashed it actually by coming third, fourth, and fifth in the women's 35 race. So, yeah, excellent job by them. And nice, nice to get the win over that. That's, that's a top shelf result. The Northern Irish women also came third in the women's 50 race with, is it Elisa Crawford or Elisoa Crawford? She was second overall. Eloise, I think, is the pronunciation, yeah. yeah. Eloise, forgive me. Forgive me, Eloise. Uh, So she came second overall, and then Karen Wilton and Sharon Leach also had great runs to sort of contribute to that third place in the women's 50 race. So I think that's pretty much all of the results that we need to recap for this episode, Michael. And now I'm sort of quite excited to to get chatting with you about the Sealy Cup, which is due to happen in two weekends' time. Yeah, absolutely. Before that, though, Danny, can I just put a little shout out for um, the Malcolm Cup Cross Country, which is actually at Queen's Playing Fields next Sunday, I think. And it's a four-mile cross-country race uh, for men. I think there's a ladies' race and also a master's race. And I think entries close later this week. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's some people will use it as a, just a final little tester before before the Sealy. But yeah, we've mentioned it and now we can move on to the Sealy. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be running there at the, the Malcolm Cup. So looking forward to that little tune up before the race uh, in Ormo Park there. Hopefully it's not too muddy, but it feels like everything's pretty waterlogged at the moment. So it's just mud wherever you go which is yeah that's cross i guess <laughs> absolutely that's living in belfast <laughs> uh, <laughs> so with regards to the sealy cup i actually got in contact with uh one of the members from willowfield harriers that they host the race and she provided me with uh, a bit of history of the race so thanks rebecca crossley for this um a lot of people might not know but the race is actually named after joe sealy who was a popular and loyal member of the club who died in 1982 of a brain tumor. 
you know, he was only in his thirties and it was decided to promote a race in his memory. And Michael, you were telling me off air that you actually knew Joe, you, you knew of him. Yeah. Yeah. Joe um, was a, a really popular kind of guy on the local circuit and a very, very, you know, decent runner, um, you know, very competitive locally and um, got on well with his peers. So it was a big shock when, when, when he passed and, uh, you know, will I feel at the time thought it'd be a really appropriate thing to do to uh, name the race in his honour. Um, and it's gone on, you know, to become the sort of the blue ribbon 10K in Northern Ireland. It has a, I think if you're going to talk about it, it has a really rich history. Um, and lots of our best runners have, you know, featured in it down through the years. Yeah, I think this uh, this is the 41st year of this race. Um before it was a road race, uh, Willowfield had actually only really promoted an annual cross-country event. But then after the death of Joe, they decided to create a road race and then dedicate it to him. And sort of around the the early 80s there, you know, 10-kilometer races were something of a novelty. And it was one of the first ones to be sort of brought brought into, into the calendar in Northern Ireland. And today it remains the longest continuously promoted 10, uh, 10K race in Northern Ireland with only one year missed due to COVID. So yeah, really, really great history behind it. Um, I think, yeah, I've got a bit more information here from Rebecca. She sort of mentioned that in the early 80s, female participation in distance running was quite limited. And the first race of the Sealy Cup didn't actually have any women that competed the number female numbers have increased slowly through the eighties and early nineties. And then, you know, today there's about 40% of the race is made up by women competitors. So if it's, that's brilliant as well. Really, really good to see the growth there. A few notable competitors in the Sealy over the years are Nikita Burke, Kerry O'Flaherty, uh, Flaherty, yeah. and Marie McGlynn, Gladys Gagnon, Paul Pollock and Stephen Sculling. Do you have any more to add? Any notable? Oh, yeah. You know, actually, um, I would argue that the peak of the Sealy was before that era of all those guys. So if you go back to the old course record, the course has changed. So initially or originally, it went straight through the park. Um, but Terry Green, who was a fantastic uh, local athlete, ran, I think, low 1330s for 5,000 metres. I think he broke 29 minutes on the course. Um, we also then have Dermot Donnelly, who's one of our finest ever runners, who I think won it 10 times. Um, we had people like the Klimesh twins, who were uh, Polish guys, um, who came over a couple of times, ran really, really fast. So it's been a fantastic race. I remember, actually, this is this is a, a interesting piece of information, but a pal of mine, Kenny Allen, who ran for Willowfield, ran 30. 10 or 30 15 one year and he didn't make the first 10 wow so that speaks you know about the quality um saying that though uh the current course is a slower course than the old course so times aren't really comparable what we can say is that ben Branagh's um 29 i think 48 is the current record is a really fine run it's a hard course in its current form to break 30 minutes on which explains why very few people have done it yeah, the, the current course records, as you mentioned, Ben Branner, St. Malachy's, he's run, yeah, 29.49. And then Emma Mitchell from Clonliffe Harriers, she's run 33.31. And as you said, it's, you know, usually the weather is not great. The course, it shouldn't be that quick. But for some reason, people go there every year and they get a PB. It's just the, the, maybe the field or something about it. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I don't think it's a quick course. And I think Probably most people who get PBs there don't run a lot of 10Ks. Uh, but if you looked at something like Telford or the Abbey Dash, you know, you get some of our top athletes like Ben Branagh, they run nearly a minute quicker on some of those fast courses. I think it's the number of turns through the park where, you know, you, they're breaking up your your rhythm, your momentum. You're having to slow down into those turns and then get going again. But it's got a unique history, a unique character. I love it when you're watching when the athletes, you know, um, come out of the park, they hit the embankment, they go back into the park, they do those chicanes through the trees, and you kind of watch this really dramatic race unfold. So from that perspective, it, it's great to watch it. And the way the switchbacks work, if you're kind of watching on foot, you can kind of like see the guys two or three times inside the park, which is which is cool. 
Yeah, great one for the spectators as well as the races. What are you sort of expecting from the race this year? Do you want to give me sort of your your winner from men's and women's? And if you yeah, think you might think they I, challenge it? I think the men's race to begin is a bit reduced in quality. And that's due to a couple of things. Firstly, the absence through um, semi-retirement, I guess you could say, for Ben Branagh, who, as we said, was last year's winner. But also a lot of our other top guys um, are going to Telford 10K, the endurance, Northern Ireland kind of guys uh, engineered an invite to this very fast race. So uh, a lot of guys, Connor Bradley, Iskander, Conan McCaughey, uh, guys of that ilk are all heading there. Um, okay, however, looking at the entry field, I think it's going to be a a battle between a duo, uh, Neil Johnson and Paul Pollock. So Neil is coming off the back of a really good run in the National Cross Country. He was 13th. He, in the summer, ran under 14 minutes for 5K on the track. He's never really nailed it in the Sealy, and he would admit that himself. So he's due a good run, and he's won most other things in Northern Ireland um, that you'd want to win. So he's a good shot. I think uh, competition for him will come from Paul Pollock, who remains a class act, uh, has got to the stage in his career where really because of injury, he doesn't race a lot. But I noticed he posted a decent park run couple of weeks ago you know 1443 something like that uh he's very canny very experienced and if he toes the line it won't be to finish second um so i think that's going to be really you know an interesting battle uh kieran kelly of rohini i don't think can touch those guys but he might be the best of the rest and you also mentioned people like gary crummy craig mcmeekin so there's a space in the podium um the ladies, I think, is wide open, and it's a really intriguing contest. Um, City of Derry's Catherine Horsky has got form. Rebecca Osborne from Dremore. East Downs' Catherine O'Connor, who won last Saturday. And then you've got the Annadale trio of Hannah Gilliland, Dervla Cox, and Robin McKee. It's just whoever you know produces a really good run on the day. Um, you know, I think it will take possibly sub 35 um to win the ladies uh race so yeah should be good all right well i have to ask you then give me a give me a first place for both race come on oh you can put me in the spot um oh. you know i can't split pollock and neil johnson um i would love neil to win it because he hasn't won it before and he's a he's a good guy um the ladies oh I just don't know. I coach Robin, so I don't want to put her under pressure. Um, she's in great form. I think she's got a really good shot, but I think Hannah Gillian is probably due a really good run. And again, we haven't seen much of Catherine Horsky this year, but she's a very wily campaigner. So I just can't call it, Danny. Sorry. Oh, is that good. sitting on the fence, technically? That that is that is sitting on the fence, but uh I like your I like your preview there. And uh as you said, I think it's gonna be a fantastic race in both the men's and the women's maybe the the strength of the field isn't what we've seen in the past in the men's race but i don't think that there's anyone there in the men's race that is going to be an absolute definitively clear winner so yeah we will see the women's race is going to be a real blast so yeah be a good one for everyone yeah, i think to it's watch. always interesting danny you know sometimes when it's not um you know a, there's enough people to still make a really intriguing race you know, when you get a super, um, you know, exceptional athlete who you just know is going to win it, sometimes it detracts from, you know, the spectacle somewhat. I love it when you've got this kind of sense of, you know, the uncertainty, what's going to happen. And then you watch, a, let's you know, just hope that a really good race unfolds. I mean, last year's race between Ben and Iskander was absolutely titanic. And I think it only got sorted in the last kind of hundred meters. Um, and those are the kind of races we want to watch. Definitely. Well, I'm going at Robin McKee and Paul Pollock, but okay. I'd love my my crowd favorites, Tony McCambridge. He's not going to win it, but I'd love to see him have a good run. And Dervla, I reckon she's going to show a lot of uh, a lot of good pace coming off the back of her her marathon PB over in uh, Amsterdam. So, yeah, yeah absolutely, really looking yeah. forward to it. So that's all the results for this episode. 
I was sort of thinking, Michael, I'd like to hear from you what your plans are for for your athletes during the winter months here. You know, is it a big sort of mileage type time of the year or you're sort of mainly focusing on training for cross country? What are you, what are you sort of looking at doing with your athletes right now? But most of the, the kind of core aerobic base work has already been done a while ago. Uh, the plan was for some athletes for the nationals. So for a scander, that was the big target. Uh, a couple of other people would have been the plan, but for injury, same for Robin. And then leading into uh, the Sealy. Um, so most of the guys are doing the Sealy. Scanner's going to Telford. Um, so they're on the track on a Wednesday night, um, trying to do a lot of tempo work, but also some stuff at 10K race pace. So they're really uh, going to hit the straps. And then uh, hopefully a little bit of a, a break over Christmas, just a week of easy running. To go again, and the big target for most people post Christmas is going to be the Arma road races. Uh, all of the guys have got into the five k who are capable of 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 you know running that race. Um, other guys in the three k, um, and then the Northern Ireland senior cross country for quite a few of the guys. A couple of people will be looking at maybe trying to make the intercounties team. Um, so that will guide everything. I don't think anybody's going to run indoors. So that kind of simplifies things a bit. Um, it's just really at this time of year, it's tr trying to keep people going, avoiding injuries. If they get an injury, it's trying to kind of, as a coach, get in there early, um, you know, get them sorted so that, you know, a couple of weeks layoff doesn't become six weeks and be potentially season ending. And athletes are notoriously, um, I think, you know, sort of sometimes terrible about training through niggles and then the niggle becomes something that's really chronic. Um, that, that's one of the best things I think, you know, one of the most important things is having that person, a coach that can tell you, you know, it's not wise for you to keep training hard through this or keep racing right now. You just need to take some time to sort of reset, let your body recover because, you know, as athletes, you're always trying to, keep running well and you know if you're on if you're on a, a hot streak you're not going to leave the table you know so it's nice to have someone there who can sort of take you away from that rest you and then bring you back to become even stronger so yeah it's a difficult time of year because as well you know they've run up to christmas people have other lives you know where they've got families they've got jobs a lot of stuff is happening and uh i don't think you can go at it you know um you know full on all year, I think there need to be moments where you can just busy back off a little bit. And Christmas is a good time, you know, to maybe just have a week of easy running, just let the body reset and then go again in the new year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's been a good season for most of the guys so far. You know, some people are just building their confidence back up, getting a body of decent performances. And you can then use that as a springboard to then you know have a few stronger performances. I, I think with runners, it's so much is down to confidence, you know, if you feel good, training's going well, you've got a consistent block, um, you know, you can then start getting results. And then that leads to those, always looking for those leaps of an improvement where people, you know, go from being a, a 34 minute runner to a, a 33 runner. Um, and there's a few of the guys in the group. I mean, Craig uh, Ray, the ex-cyclist guy is a really talented guy. Great, you know, um, engine. Um, he had a, bit of shin splints there which has derailed the season a little bit but he's you know just getting back into it and he's a guy in the new year i think who could do a lot of really good things um same with cameron cameron was you know starting to show really good form i think he would have had a fantastic silly but you know injury has uh, uh disrupted the last month and he won't be racing again until till after christmas but that's just the nature of the sport yeah, definitely. It uh, takes a big toll on the body. You mentioned before that, you know, the, the endurance building is is all done. So you're sort of thinking that, you know, uh, uh, you can build endurance for, say, two months, three months, and then you just start racing. How long does that base last? Like, would it, you know, when would you look to do well, that I, again? I think you can, I think you're always tapping into it, you know, in a sense that, you know, uh, the guys will, you know, do a lot of steady running and then, you know, sort of up the mileage a little bit and say you get someone gets to like a, you know, they're running 70 miles a week re regularly. 
the body gets used to it and then you start you know just introducing a little bit more quality but i think throughout the course once they've got you know up to that that level of fitness you know you've got your sunday run you know keeps that aerobic base taking over you got to do a little bit of speed get your tempo stuff i almost think it's a bit like you know you're being in the kitchen and you've got maybe uh, three or four pots on the stove and all of those things contribute to the kind of level of fitness and performance that you want to have. And I think that's the art of it. Um, I mean, I think in the old days, people would have just done a huge, you know, block of, you know, we're going to do six weeks at hundred miles and they're going to shift gear and do this. I'm not sure that, 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 you know, people are as, you know, pure about that kind of approach anymore. That was kind of like a Lydiard approach, but uh, I think it's a wee bit more, um, you know, sophisticated now. And I think also athletes should get to stage, particularly the guys who are more experienced. They kind of know, what works for them and as a coach i think you just become more of a sounding board whether you know you're there to curb their worst excesses um and to be somebody they can bounce ideas off um so yeah um i mean it's interesting we were talking uh off air about someone like conal mccambridge who's running really well off marathon training and you could say well you know what he's doing isn't ideal for running shorter races but Whatever he's doing, it's absolutely working because his cross-country form is sensational. So, yeah. Yeah, and as you mentioned, his uh, marathon is not far away, I think two weeks. And, you know, the word on the street there is he's looking for sub-220, which I personally think is is well within uh, within reach. So, yeah, best of luck to him. It'd be nice to get him on, actually, either before or after Valencia. Um and I guess it won't, I mean, it won't be too hot there at this time of year. Probably really nice conditions. But yeah, I would think that he's in shape to, to go really well. Definitely. It'd be great to get him on at some point. A few other people we were maybe hoping to to get on. I mean, it'd be awesome to hear from Nick Griggs on the back straight. Uh, and, you know, I'd put it out there to all the listeners. If there's anyone that they want us to uh, go out on a limb and ask if they'd come on the show, they should just send it through because I am. I uh, have absolutely no shame and I'll slide into anyone's DNM if they, <laughs> if they can give us a good interview. So yeah, we'll see. We'll, we might, yeah. Maybe we'll see yeah, if we can think, work yeah. on uh, Nick and Connell to begin. Yeah. I think uh, Nick, I think we'll let him get the, um, the Euro cross out of the way. Um, and in spite of his, uh, uh, his fall at the weekend, I'm sure he'll be selected, but yeah, he's a, you know, he's a really exciting year to look forward to next year with the possibility of Olympic selection and all of those things. And also gets cross country out of the way. He'll have an indoor season he's probably looking at. So probably a lot to talk about. Um, I'd love to get Kira McGeehan on as well. But again, I think that's, uh, um, we need to work on our portafery connection there as well. Phil Cooper, if you're listening. Uh, definitely, definitely. But, we'll get but, her on. but I believe, you know, anyway, those, those people are lower down the pecking order. We are getting Neil Weir on. The legend that is Neil Weir. Yep, Neil Weir's going to come and chat to us about a huge adventure that he had. We actually mentioned it in an earlier episode where he rode all the way from Belfast over to Berlin and then ran in the Berlin Marathon. So I'm not going into too much detail on that, but uh, stay tuned. With regards to the next episode, we'll see everyone again in two weeks where we'll be talking about the results from the Sealy and then probably previewing what is going to go down in Telford the weekend after. Yeah, yeah. It's the weekend after the Sealy is the the Telford 10K over there. So we've got a number of uh, of athletes from Northern Ireland heading over. So it'd be great to see how they get on over there. And... Yeah, I'm going, so uh, I'll have a ringside seat. So it's I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, yeah, not too many pints can... with Robin's dad before the race this time, though. Oh, right? No, no, no. I'll I'll have to find somebody else who I can have a pint with uh, the night before the race <laughs> and talk crap with but yeah there you go <laughs> now we're looking forward to it and yeah look thanks everyone out there for listening we've uh we've got a really good response to the podcast and you know we're we're really happy to put this on and uh, we're really enjoying it so yeah we want to make this as uh, community-based as possible so keep sending in any suggestions of anything you want to hear or anyone that you want to hear from and uh yeah we'll see everyone in two weeks until then okay, Dan. Hooroo. 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 Cheerio.